0: Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're living life like it matters. We're working on the one organ that never has to deteriorate. We're working on the one person who is the only person that we can change, that we can control, that we can uh, really dictate what we're doing, what we're thinking. That's us. And so I want to thank you for joining us. And today i got a special show because this week has been all about critical thinking. I had three shows, three specific words. And they weren't just random words, although they came to me all at the sa- in the same day. I do want to be honest with you. But I believe that God, uh, if we're willing, God plays a game of father may I. You know, Jesus said, when He walked this planet, you'll be pulled in front of kings and rulers and you'll worry about what to say. And he said, Nah, don't worry about what to say. I'll be there with you. I'll tell you what to say. And so I do what I call I train in the spirit. I create in the spirit. You know, Genesis one: in the beginning, God created. And I always tell you to stop there because our first introduction to God is as creator. And then 25 verses later, it says, let us make man in our image under our likeness. So we were made in the God class. What does that mean? That means we were made to create. We were given free will. Why do bad things happen on this planet? Go back to Genesis 3. You'll read about it. Because because we're in the God class, we have choice. Why do we have choice? Because the gift that's commanded is no gift at all. Because we were made in the God class. God has free will. God makes choices. So we had to make a being that had free will that made choices, choose to follow after him or choose to war against him. And choices have consequences. And really that comes down to the essence of why I decided to do the program I did this week because we need to think because the Bible says it's appointed for man to die one time and then comes the judgment. And so we got to realize you can't blame anybody else. All of us will stand before God on his throne in a judgment seat. Uh, it'll be the white throne judgment or the bema seat of Christ. But one way or the other, we will be judged. One will be judged whether we get into heaven. The other will be judged whether, what are our works? I mean, what are our rewards based on our works? Once we were saved, our works don't get us into heaven. That's a gift. Don't conflate the two, but there are rewards in heaven for what we did for the kingdom to the glory of God that we do get rewarded for. I mean, we earn those. And so The reason I had the three words, I want to remind you what the three words were. Modus ponens. Modus ponens is reasoning that when a conditional statement is accepted as true, a subsequent statement beginning with then is also affirmed as true. Why? Because the truth tables tells us true and true is always true. And then what we did is we, we went to another word and on the next day we did bulwark. And bulwark is any person or thing strong, given strong support or encouragement in time of need, danger, or doubt. Because that's what we're all called to be. And then we covered the word called antinomy. Antinomy is a contradiction between two beliefs or conclusions that are in themselves reasonable. It is a paradox. See, I believe that those three words are foundational words that are going to help us To get back on the right track to find that narrow path to become the best version of ourselves and if every single human being is become working to be a better version of themselves then our marriages are better then our families are better then our place of work are better our communities are better got my point our country's better but what happens is there's a lot of things going on at the unconscious level. And part of what I do on this radio show is I want to bring the unknown into the known. I want to bring the unconscious to the conscious. See, there are four levels of learning. Unconscious incompetence is the beginning of learning. step one, level one, where you don't know what you don't know. But believe it or not, once you understand that you don't know, that's actually the beginning of learning. I know it sounds, again, a little antinomy, (laughs) paradoxical, but it's true. And so once you know that you don't know, now you go to the second level learning. Now you know that you don't know. I mean, once you didn't know that you didn't know, right? What you don't know that you don't know is the beginning of learning. And now you know what you don't know. That's level two. That's called conscious incompetence. So you start off with unconscious incompetence. You're not even aware of how incompetent you are. And then you become aware how incompetent you are, (laughs) consciously incompetent. But you want to get better. You're like me. You have a hunger for knowledge, a hunger to learn, a hunger to get better. So you go to the third level learning, which is conscious competence. Now you know what you know. But you keep learning. You keep doing. You keep getting better. You keep getting better and better and better because you're under construction. A little bit better today than yesterday. A little bit better tomorrow than today. And you then reach the highest level learning, which is called unconscious competence. Where you don't know what you know. Years ago, one of my best friends, at the time he was my best friend, Mike Moody, 20 years my senior. uh, He used to say, you know, Black, I've forgotten more than you know. (laughs) Unconscious competence. All of us have driven home before, after work. The same pattern we've driven home many times. And done it unconsciously. Our bodies are doing everything they're supposed to. We're hitting the gas, turning, blinkering, doing all that. But our mind is somewhere else. We're thinking about what's gonna happen this weekend, what's gonna to happen tonight. We're thinking about what happened this week or what happened today, right? Physically, we're in one place. Mentally, we're somewhere else. It's, it's self-induced trance. Why am I telling you this? Because you cannot teach at the highest level of learning. See, unconscious incompetence is mastery. You cannot teach from there. Covey used to talk about learning by teaching. And when you learn something in order to teach it, you learn it at a different level. So you're dealing with the conscious and the unconscious. And you got to realize we have both, and we only use 3 to 5% of our brain consciously, roughly. I don't know if that number is accurate, but I can tell you a majority of our experience on this planet happens at the unconscious level. We miss so much. Even the Bible says that you could have been entertaining angels from on high and didn't even know it. On the road to Maus, I think it's Luke 24. Right, the two guys are walking along, and Jesus walks behind them. They're all sad, and they're all crying. And what's wrong? Didn't you hear? Are you are not from this area? The most, you know Jesus Christ, the prophet. He he's crucified. We thought he was the one, and Jesus kind of lit into them. He said, "Man, haven't you read? This was all talked about. Haven't you read that book, the Tanakh? Remember, they didn't have the New Testament. They are the New Testament. They only had the Tanakh, the Old Testament." Haven't you read your Tanakh, your law? Don't you know that the Messiah had to suffer these things? It was written about you. You studied these things. And here it was, Jesus right in front of them. And they didn't even see him. Totally unaware. Unconscious. We blink our eyes about 10% of our life. We sleep about eight hours a day, a third of our life. And that two-thirds minus the blinking with our eyes closed, 10% of the time that we're alive, just blinking in that process. You see what I'm saying? All this stuff's going on. And a lot of it's happening at the unconscious level. And so what I want to do today is just summarize everything, bring it all together. And I got a great poem. This poem's by this woman by the name of Lydia Huntley Sigourney. It's about the camel's nose. We talked about that this week. Once in a shop a workman wrought, with languid head and listless thought, when through the open window space, behold, a camel thrust his face. My nose is cold, he meekly cried, oh, let me warm it by thy side. Since no denial word was said, in came the nose, in came the head. As sure a sermon follows text, the long and scraggly neck came next. And then, as falls the threatening storm, in leaped the whole ungainly form. Aghast the owner gazed around, and the rude invader frowned, Convinced as closer still he pressed, there was no room for such a guest. Yet more astonished heard him say, If thou art troubled, go away, for in this place I choose to stay. Oh, youthful hearts for gladness born, threat not, treat not this Arab lore with scorn. To evil habits earliest while, lend neither ear, no glance, nor smile. Choke the dark fountain ere it flows, nor even admit the camel's nose. So powerful. And today, we're going to summarize the whole week. And today's show's call Words Up. I'm Black. We'll be right back. Take a listen to these words about Like It Matters Leadership Awakening from a recent attendee. Leadership Awakening is like nothing else. It's incomparable to any other training that I've been through, and that's executive, professional, communication training, to, to how to hold a fork. It, the, the Leadership Awakening is a deep mental experience experience where I was forced to challenge my mind in a way that I've never been challenged before. And it's, there's nothing like it. There's, there's, there's no way to explain it with words. You have to experience it. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. It's not only changing lives, it's saving lives. That's likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Living life like it matters. And today on Like It Matters Radio, we're continuing our week-long discussion on critical thinking. And today the show is called Words Up because today I want to recap because this week I I hit three key words. And really this week has been about critical thinking, about taking ownership, about realizing that everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. And there's a war going on for that BS, for that belief system. It's called fifth generation warfare. There are things like mass formation and group hypnosis Uh, There is behavior modification where you're rewarded if you do what the deep state says and you get your shots and you stay at home and you put on your mask and you get punished, penalized, embarrassed, humiliated, arrested if you don't fall in line, where if you don't believe and speak like everybody else speaks, you get banned, you get canceled. Boy, it sounds like the reason that America was formed to get away from stuff like that. Now here we have become that same thing, but, and we've logically got here. There are people logically intelligent people that really believe that what we're doing is the right thing. This is where the phrase comes from. You've heard it before. The road to hell is paved with good intentions, (laughs) Good intentions do not matter if a person's actions lead to bad outcomes. See, that's one of the judgment seats of God. God always judged the heart. When Jesus came, he said, you've heard it said this, but I tell you this. See, he took it from a surface, from a checkbox to a reality. He took, made it real. Good intentions do not matter if a person's actions lead to bad outcomes. Now, that's the difference with God. See, I believe that God would rather you do the wrong thing for the right reason than do the right thing for the wrong reason. Because God does check your heart. But in real life, good intentions do not matter if a person's actions lead to bad outcomes. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. There are lots of proverbs around it. People often mean well, but do bad things. Right? That was from McGraw-Hill's company Uh, American idioms and phrasal verbs. The first one, which is basically good intentions do not matter for a person's actions lead to bad outcomes, uh, was from Farlex's Dictionary of Idioms. People say the road to hell is paved with good intentions to mean that people often intend to do good things, but in fact do not often because they are lazy or weak. I'm just reading what was written. Here's one. Path is sometimes used as a road, but it says the path to hell is paved with good intentions. And there are many, many pots of vitamin tablets which have been started but never finished. Interesting. And by the way, this is what man does. This is the whole thing. Read in the Bible about these people called the Pharisees. They were the legal people. They were the religious leaders. They were the only group of people, by the way, that Jesus ever attacked on this planet. You know, interesting. Look at the patterns in the Bible. Jesus always comforted sinners, which is what we are. Jesus always attacked the religious leaders that made people feel bad, made them feel like they were better than others. And the one group of people who always knew who he was, and that was demons. And he would tell them to be quiet. See, this is what the Pharisees did. There's a command that says, I shall honor the Sabbath, all right? And what the Pharisees did is they want to check all the boxes. So what they would do is they would make a law a burden. That's what religion is good intentions, just script everything, but then they became just box checkers. And there's actually something like 400 specific laws that were written in a book. There, I think there's 39 categories, 39 categories, and of those are subcategories, and there's about 400 specific laws that they wrote, all the things, that's why Jesus was attacked by them, because Jesus helped people on the Sabbath. He had them make mud, spit in the dirt, make mud upon their eyes, and He said and they said he was working. And that's when Jesus said on the Sabbath, if your ox fell in a well, would you leave it there or would you get it out? Is it really unlawful to do good on the Sabbath? And Jesus said these weird words that man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. See, we screw things up. We get them all bass-ackwards. That's what man does. That's what we're good at. And so we got to logically reason. We got to understand how this machination works, how these things work so absolutely critical. And unless you know that, then you're going to be slammed. You're not going to, and this is what's happening. There's a lot of things going on that people are not aware of. And part of what I'm working to do is bring these things to the awareness. And we've gotten so, so, deranged and so the first word of the week was modus ponens modus ponens the reasoning that when a conditional statement and there are so many conditional statements in life when a conditional statement is accepted as true the subsequent statement beginning with then is also considered true if there's smoke there's fire type of thing right now modus ponens this is interesting I've done some research um, the form uh, the form of a modus ponens argument resembles a soliloquism. A soliloquism. That's a hard word to say. With two premises and a conclusion. So if P, then Q, and then P, therefore Q. So the first premise is a conditional if-then claim. Namely that P implies Q. That's the first. The second pres, uh, premise is an assertion that P implies, The antecedent of the conditional claim is the case. And from these two premises, it can be logically concluded that Q, the consequent of the conditional claim, must be the case as well. So again, this is a really simple one. And this was an example they gave. So, number one, this is modus ponens. If today is Tuesday, then John will go to work. See the conditional statement? So then, number two, today is Tuesday then logically you can reason, therefore, John will go to work. See, this argument is valid, but this has no bearing on whether any of the statements in the argument are actually true. See, for modus ponens to be a sound argument, the premises must be true for any true instances of the conclusion. That's why it's an if-then An argument can be valid but nonetheless unsound if one or more premises are false. And see, so many of you start a debate or discussion when one or more of the premises are false. And you can't. You can't start an argument on a false premise. And yet people do it all the time. That's what the whole 1619 Project is all about, all about lies, all about making up a false history. So I love the thing, former Black Panther, Angel, Angela, uh, Black Panther Angela Davis, shocked to learn she's a descendant of the Mayflower. So she was with Henry Louis Gates Jr., the show host and director uh, of the Hutchins Center for African and African American Research at Harvard University, and this clip was shared on Twitter. Our researchers discovered Angela Davis's ancestors traveled to the U.S. on the Mayflower, and here is her reaction, he tweeted. And this they play at the video. Do you know what you're looking at? This is Angela Davis. He's talking Angela Davis. This is a list of the passengers on the Mayflower, Gates asked Davis in the video. No, I can't believe this, Davis replied laughing. No, my ancestors did not come here on the Mayflower. No, it's not real. She continued to protest while Gates confirmed the findings, then responded, oof. That's a little bit too much to deal with right now. And then he asked her this question, would you ever in your wildest dreams think that you may have been descended from the people who laid the foundation of this country, who came here, who had slaves, who built everything? And I added all that part. He asked her that. Never, 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 she said. See, ladies and gentlemen, we are separating. We are using racism to combat racism, and Dr. King said it best. He said it best. He said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Dr. King said that hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And logically, because I'm a logical man, use your brain or you're gonna lose it. Logically, You cannot drive out racism with racism. America's become the most racist country. I don't think we've had a more racist president administration in 100 years. It's all about skin color. That's all that matters. And Dr. King was against that. Dr. King died so that wasn't about skin color. Dr. King gave his life so that one day his four little children will live in a nation Where they are not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today that when my kids are judged, and they will be judged. He was a minister. He's a Baptist minister. He knew that it's important for man to die one time, and then comes the judgment. But he said, don't judge my kids on choices that were not theirs. Judge them on choices that were theirs. But not on choices that were not theirs. That's what he's saying. That's all he's saying. They didn't decide the color of the skin. They didn't decide where they were born. They didn't decide any of that. See, first they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists. I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there's no one left to speak for me. Martin Niemöller. You got a past, present, a future. You got a timeline, where's your focus? Where's your focus coming from? What voice, what spirit is driving you? The devil's accused of the brethren. He's past focus, reminding him how just how screwed up you are, reminding you that a God of all your sins and your screw ups, where God is his title, but Jehovah, Yahweh, Allah is his name. He meets us where we're at, but never leaves us there. He takes us into a better tomorrow. Faith and hope are all about future. God reminds us of who he is and what he has promised us and who we are in him. God does one thing that we can't do, and that is forget. That is forget. And ladies and gentlemen, I learned a long time ago, leaders remember the right things. Oh, we all remember. But are you willing to remember the right things and let that pound of flesh go? Let that record wrong. Start thinking logically and start putting some modus ponens in it. I'm Black. Today we're doing a wrap-up of this week's Critical Thinking Shows. We're calling it Words Up. I'm Black. We'll be right back. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. You've had a difference in your relationship with God, too. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, I was I was raised in a church, uh, and I kind of stepped away uh, in, in my adult life, and this class kind of brought me right back to, to my faith, and that's a huge, huge part of my life that's just been missing, and I just I, I feel rejuvenated, if that makes sense, that, you know, knowing that God's walking right next to me every day, every night, you know, he's right here for me and everyone else for that matter. But he's here for, for me right now. And you have some peace, don't you? Oh, it's, it's, it's really amazing. Sorry. I'm going to get emotional, but it's, 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 it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling inside my heart. Like It Matters' unique approach allows people to see, hear, and experience leadership in motion. Like It Matters Radio. Radio Like It Matters. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio, living live like it matters. And yes, uh, we will have our first leadership adventure in five years uh, on Thursday, March 2nd. Only got seven or eight people in there, man. It's the second half of Leadership Awakening. All you listeners out there have been through Leadership Awakening. The time is now. Come on. I don't know when we'll do another one, but we're doing one and we got seven or eight in it. So come and join us. Go to likeitmatters.net. You can find some information and sign up right there. Uh, Also, our next Leadership Awakening is the following weekend here in Dallas-Fort Worth, March 9th through 11th. Uh, And then we'll be back in Minneapolis. Uh, By then, your snow will be a lot less than it is now. I can promise you that. Uh, The end of the month, March 30th through April 2nd. Again, go to likeitmatters.net where you can check out the schedule. You can donate to our 501c3. Matter of fact, next week, we're gonna have a lot of, uh, the show's gonna be based on our ministries. We're gonna introduce you to some people. I'll tell you the story just uh, about people. These are people, people who are struggling. As leaders, we're working to live a significant life. And remember, the difference between significance and success always lies in other people. Success is really about us and our immediate family, if you will, Where significance requires other people. Which brings us to what we're doing today. I'm recapping this week's radio shows. We've been focused on critical thinking. And so I've had three key words modus ponens, what I talked about last segment. Uh, And then bulwark is what we're going to talk about this segment. And next segment, I'm going to talk about antinomies. Because those are three words. I believe that's what's needed today in our crisis situation. America is in a crisis, an existential crisis. This is not the America I grew up in. This is not America I feel good to pass on to my kids. This country should be renamed because it is not America. Uh, We are no different than Russia and China. I mean, we, we this January 6th thing was set up. You had an undercover FBI dressed as Trump supporters. You had three DC undercover cops that urging people to storm the Capitol, walking right behind Ashley Babbitt. These are videos. Why do you think they wouldn't let anybody see the videos? They've been lying to you. They lied to you about Trump. They lied to you about the Hunter Biden laptop. They lied to you about China. They lied to you about the where the um, uh, the um, the virus came from. They lied to you about the vaccine. It wasn't a vaccine. They lied to you about the effects of it. They lied to you about mask and the efficacy. And yet you still choose to believe all these people. See, this is why this word bulwark is so important. Because bulwark is any person or thing giving strong support or encouragement in time of need, danger, or doubt. And I'm going to tell you right now, those three words fit where we're at in this world right now. Any person or thing giving strong support or encouragement when three times in time of need, is there a time of need that we're in right now? Oh my gosh, we need a lot. We need Jesus. Let's be honest. That's what we need. Danger. Oh my gosh. If you're a a conservative Christian, if you happen to be white, you're, you're at a target on your head, man. You got a target. Look at New Jersey. If you're a Republican lawmaker, you get gunned down. Notice you're not hearing about it because those are Republicans. It's Remember, it's okay to kill Republicans, they believe, because they're evil. See, this is what's happening, people. You're being programmed and you don't even know it. Trump's a mean, evil, and anybody that voted for Trump is mean and evil. All your family members, all those people out there that you've loved all your life because they see Trump as someone better than Biden, you now think they're evil. This is what they programmed you for. If you say anything about election, you're a freak. That there's election fraud. Look what they're making carry like Donald Trump. There's election fraud. It's very clear. You read about it. Look, look at ten thousand mules or whatever it is, two thousand mules, or whatever it was. Look at uh, look at Facebook. Half a billion dollars to put Democratic operatives in election offices, government election offices, to do the work of the Democratic Party while they're on the government dole. Half a billion dollars. Look at George Soros. He's getting all these DAs elected, putting millions of dollars into it, where they let black people and people, minorities out that kill people and do all that because it's not fair to them. They're really not bad people. They just killed that person because America's racist. I. I it's just stunning. We need good people speaking up. You know, that's what the, the Martin Niemöller thing's about. In Germany, we got the record of... When good people don't speak up, bad things happen. Tyranny takes over. And that's why I shared the camel's nose, because the camel's nose is so powerful. You know, I I always compare it uh, to uh, boiling frogs, you know, but it is technically a little different. You know, the camel's nose is a metaphor. I love a good metaphor. A metaphor is like a parable, analogy. What it does is it takes something that's known And lays it next to, alongside of, that's what para means, alongside of, something you don't know. So it gives it understanding. You transfer meaning. It's a transferring of meaning. It's like getting affected by COVID, but you're getting affected by meaning. The camel's nose is a metaphor used to describe a situation where a small, slightly unacceptable situation is permitted. Thereby opening the door for continual worsening until it eventually slides into an out of control and undesirable situation. Affirmative action camel's nose man and i'm gonna say this and i mean this from the bottom of my heart i'm not being just to to shock you my life would be so much easier if i were black oh my gosh i grew up in affirmative action time where if i was as the same person same grade same everything if i was black i'd be rich if I was black right now, my 501c3 would have millions of dollars in it because they give throw money at black people. If I was black, I could have went to some nice cool schools like our new Supreme Court justice who can't even define what a woman is, yet she's a woman and been to all the best law schools in the world. Uh, it, it's just crazy. It makes no sense at all. It's illogical. And yet we are called to have reason. A firm of action basically is racism says, listen, because you've been treated poorly, poorly, we're now going to favor you because your skin color and hurt people who don't have your skin color. See, that's what it's about. And then we go along, say, are just evening things out. I get it. I don't like it, but it's just where we're at. And as that continue to build and build and build and then the victim thing building more and more and more. Oh, my gosh. I would love to have fame. I would love to have all the the money that these people have out there. I mean, I don't don't see Jay-Z as struggling. I don't see Beyonce struggling. I don't see LeBron James struggling. I don't see Tiger Woods struggling. I don't see Clarence Thomas struggling. I don't see – oh, my gosh. 80% of the NBA is black. Millionaires who play games. I mean, some people make close to a million dollars a game or something like that. Stunning. 70% 70% of think of the NFL is black. Stunning. The camel's nose is a metaphor used to describe a situation where small, slightly unacceptable situations permitted, affirmative action, thereby opening the door for continual worsening until eventually slides into out of control. Now they have events at schools just for colored people, and they tell them don't bring white people because they make black people feel uncomfortable. Isn't that amazing? I've had black friends all my life. I don't feel uncomfortable around black people and the black people I know don't feel uncomfortable around me. And yet who are all these black people that feel uncomfortable around white people? You know why? Because they've been told to, they've been told they're a victim. They've been told by CRT. Don't you get what's going on? And again, until it eventually slides into an out of control and undesirable situation. Other expressions of the same ilk concludes give them an inch, they'll take a mile, domino effect, and slippery slope. Now, this is interesting. I found this. Camel's nose is very similar to boiling frogs, but they are different. Now, I compared them similarly yesterday. Listen, I like this explanation. Camel's nose refers to small liberties given way to a gradual worsening situation. Boiling frogs is allowing something to happen slowly enough so the impact isn't noticed at all. That's incredible. I like that. In addition, it goes on to say, camel's nose always results in a gradual worsening position. Isn't that great? Camel's nose almost always results in a gradual worsening position. A boiling frog, on the other hand, while often used in the negative sense, can also result in positive outcomes. Inch by inch, life is a cinch. Yard by yard, life is hard. What's the best way to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. This is why we need bulwarks. We need people out there teaching people. I was never locked this up about the cause and effect. This is a law, the law of causality, the chain of causation. Remember behavior modification. It's built in, your dogs know this, your cats know this. You reward positive behavior and you discipline negative behavior. You take away, you give when you're happy, And you take away when you're disappointed. And then you get used to it. How do you think they create sexual addicts? Because kids that are molested as little kids sexually, then they realize the only way to please adults, the only way to please the opposite sex, the only way to please the same sex, because it's all driven by what happened in our childhood. Then we do that. We know in order to get what we want. And then we feel manipulated. And they're like all these people on these casting couches, right? All over the world, right? All these casting couches. Yet people wonder, oh, it's not fair. Why did they have to go through that? And yet they did it anyways. Why? Because at that time, it was more important to them to have those things than not have those things. You got, ladies and gentlemen, you got to realize what's going on. That's why we need a bulwark. We need people speaking truth to people. We need people encouraging people. The word encourage means to put courage into people. You need to understand what's going on. You need to speak truth to the lies. And even though people might not like it, that's okay. Remember, you can't control how people take what you take. Remember, between the stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space is our power and our freedom. That's transactional analysis. And our mind is six times faster than we talk. Why does that matter? Because when someone says something or does something, we don't respond to that. We go to what we know. We go to our past. We see something from our past. We hear something from our past. We feel something from our past. And based on that, we respond We're not responding to what that person said or did. We're responding to our belief system about what they said and why they said it. We gotta help people understand what's going on. You gotta shine some light in the darkness. You gotta be an encourager. You gotta see a need, meet a need. This is why we need bulwarks. Because people are lonely out there. People are afraid, people are scared. And you could be the difference maker. If not you leader, then who? If not now, then when? because planes crash and people die, and people take their life. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about words up, critical thinking. I'm Black, we'll be right back. Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back, because between the stimulus and the response, there's a space, and in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Living life like it matters. And today, we've been wrapping up this week's discussions on critical thinking. We talked about the topics this week, modus ponens, and really what we're talking about is logical reasoning, the ability to understand inductive reasoning, deductive reasoning, to understand the evidence, circumstantial, direct. You've got, it's a time of decision. Fifth generation warfare is a battle for your belief systems, a battle for perception, And so you're going to be held accountable for your choices. Choices have consequences. So we got to start making better choices. And the way we do is we logically plan it out. You bring emotion into it too, but you don't lead with emotion. You have some balance, the yin and the yang. We make our personalities be tough. So modus ponens is really about the way you do things, your logical flow. And then we talked about bulwark. Where we need some bulwarks today, people that are going to step up, people that are going to be encouragers, people that are going to help people fight the fight, to hold people up, to teach them how to pick themselves up, dust themselves off, hit it again, to be encouragers. And today we're going to talk, and now the last one we're going to talk about is antimon, antinomy. Sorry, I always want to call it mony. No, it's antinomy. It's a contradiction between two beliefs or conclusions that are in themselves reasonable. Again, there are times that I feel embarrassed to be a man, and yet I believe that there's been a war on men. It doesn't justify what's gone on. There's been an all out assault on men. And it's understandable because the devil knows how things work, the devil knows the stats. of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 32 times the average, just so you know. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists with anger problems, fatherless homes, 14 times the average. 71% of high school dropouts from fatherless homes, 9 times the average. Father factor in education, children with fathers who are involved are 40% less likely to repeat a grade. Fatherless children are twice as likely to drop out of school. Children with fathers who are involved are 70% less likely to drop out of school. Children with fathers who are involved are more likely to get A's in school. Children with fathers who are involved are more likely to enjoy school and engage in extracurricular activities. 75% of all adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes, 10 times the average and you want to go into alcohol abuse oh my gosh ideal out there we just had a gentleman go through our training basically dad died raised by women mom did the best she could uh 12 years old started drinking alcohol to deal with the pain and the abandonment and all that and now he has women issues and alcohol issues and the guy's 50 years old 52 years old 53 years old and and because that's all he's known that's what's been put in place from a young age Missing Fathers, America's Broken Boys. This was an article from Suzanne Vanker. February 20, 2018. She wrote an article about Parkland shooting. And the subject was the desperate cry of American boys. And she had to write because people wanted to know what is the uh, root of fatherlessness. Because she said basically that what's going on in America is the connection of fatherlessness. And so she went on to say this quote, the fact is divorce and family breakdown, which to answer my emailer's question is the root of fatherlessness. It's catastrophic for children. There's more than one reason why. But an obvious one is that in the majority of cases, divorce separates children from their fathers. I'm a good father. And I fought, spent my last $30,000 I had to protect my son, Major, from his mom's lifestyle. And after $30,000 three years with a joke of an attorney who was sick all the time, I lost custody, lost all my money and basically lost my son. And to this day, he's 17 years old living on his own. His mom took him to Arizona against the courts orders, but I can't do anything. I don't have money. So yeah, he's basically his mom's son of all my kids. He's not me. He's not like me. He didn't grow up around me. I had to fight all the time to have him when I had him. And then I wound up losing custody and she just abused him and told him to hate me, taught him to hate me. See, she, back to this article. She says this is destructive to both boys and girls, but each sex suffers differently. You need to pay attention, parents. Girls who grow up deprived of their fathers are more likely to become depressed, more likely to self harm, and more likely to be promiscuous. They sleep around. Anybody pays attention to them, they take off their clothes and have sex with them. Boy, girl, couple boys, couple girls, it doesn't matter because they need to be liked, they, be, they need their self worth. They need to be validated. And and daddies, I hate to tell you people, daddies bring validation. And here's the problem. Mom gets another boy in there because we we have to share our beds with somebody. We all have to be having sex with somebody. And so mom has her bedroom filled with other guys. And then those guys, when she's passed out drunk or drugged out, uh, and then he's in there molesting the kids or abusing the kids. The number one reason for abuse or molestation in the home is a man in the home who's not the biological father. I'm just going to be honest with you. That sucks, men, but it's just the reality of it. So you might want to think twice before you say, I want a younger wife, because what are the effects of those kids? It's interesting. Girls harm themselves, and they basically become very promiscuous. But they still have their mothers with whom they clearly identify. However, boys do not have a comparable identification and thus suffer more from the father's absence. They also tend to act out in a manner that's harmful to others, which girls typically do not. Nowadays, they do, though. Quote, the root of fatherliness rests in two things. Our culture's dismissal of men as valuable human beings who have something unique to offer and its dismissal of marriage as an institution that's crucial to the health and well-being of children. This is it right here. So you attack men for decade after decade after decade after decade. The only drug that's illegal on a college campus is testosterone. And they call it toxic masculinity. And this is why this is so great, this thing from uh, about uh, uh, what happened in uh, Memphis, the Tyree Nichols story. I-, I just can't believe that somebody got it so right on, Jason Whitlock. He was writing about this. And he says this thing with Tyree Nichols looks premeditated and personal. Whitlock said that. He said it looks like it was a gang hit. The five men who beat Nichols were essentially gang members, gang members in uniform. They're all black. This is a failure of society at large. Policing unparented children and mass in these major cities has to be one of the most difficult jobs in all the world. However, Nichols should not have been put in a position where he is essentially vulnerable to five gang members in police uniforms. Whitlock attributes the rise of violent crime in black communities to the matriarchal single mother family structure that are typical among the demographic. And this is where you get into antimon- antinomies. We need more black families together. Mama and daddy together have to be law enforcement. If that is not the case, you are going to have the kind of chaos we see in Memphis, and it doesn't matter what color the cops are, it's always going to spin out of control. This is what's happening. We are teaching our young black people that cops are out to kill them, to run, to hide that their safety is in jeopardy, that when their lights are on behind them cop lights they run. And they are creating this. This is what we're talking about antinomies. And it's all based on lies. And it's lack of respect. We kick God out of the classroom, we kick prayer out of the classroom, we kick the 10 commandments out of the out of the government buildings. We ban the Bible. We call Jesus the leader of the greatest hate group on this planet? Why do you think it's going to happen? The matriarchal structures that have become commonplace in the black community have emasculated the men in these situations. The system is designed to obliterate the black men and man in general. When single motherhood becomes commonplace, it destroys the male leadership roles in society and demoralizes the men who should be taking those roles. All the leverage and relationship has gone been thrown to one side that's what's going on in mass in black communities and it's starting to sweep the rest of the country and other demographics, Whitlock says. And it's all headed to you. We're just the lab rats. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to take a look at our belief systems. It's time to start logically approaching this. If you have vision, you can see how this thing can't continue. It can't play out this way. We're crazy. We're no longer America. We need good people to step up. When good people don't speak up, when good people don't act up, then evil takes over. And that's what's happening in America today. That's what's happening in our homes. That's what's happening in our cities. That's what's happening in our communities. That's what's happening in our heads and hearts. The time is now to fix it. And that's why we do what we do. We're going to change this one heart, one mind at a time. You are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network. I am Mr. Black, and I want to remind you that we're here every day for you to be under construction. The whole concept of under construction is working to be a little bit better today than you were yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today. That's the key. That's why I do this radio show. That's why I do likeitmatters.net. We can't do it on our own, we need some help. That's why I pay to be on this radio show for an hour a day. Reach out to me at Mr. Black at Like It dot Mr. Black at Like MR period Black at Like Or reach out to me at Mr. Black, no period, MR at Like I'm here to serve you. Go to likeitmatters.net. Go for scriptural references. Go to wayofwarrior.blog. Just do something. When all else fails, ladies and gentlemen, do something. When you change your position, you change your perspective. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black master trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.